Oh, the pot people are very strange. They got a word for everything. Popcorn nugs, popcorn nugs, popcorn nugs, popcorn nugs. Hello. Hey, Marilyn. How are you? Hi, Dan. How are you? You're doing very well. Another day, another dollar. That's right. Another another podcast to do. Another podcast. So many podcasts. How'd it go? How, how'd your voice uh, hold out for last mm. night? Oh, uh, you know, I'm doing better than I expected. This is my fifth podcast in two days. Wow. That's really pushing the envelope. Yeah. I don't usually, you know, do things. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I also had a doctor's appointment today for the kid. That went okay. Yeah. Just it's, a checkup? It's check an exciting or? time. No, no, no. But everything's all right. And I'm taking my Mac in to the Apple store tomorrow. So that'll be fun. That'll be good. Clear that out. Big week. Huge I think it's a power week. supply thing. I think it's a power supply thing. I've, I've tried it all, buddy. Woo! I've tried it all. Check my NVRAM. Reset my uh, power supply. My, what is it? The PMC? The PRC? The PMRC? Yeah. 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 Check my PMRC. Anyway, uh, it's all good. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. A friend of mine, I think all of his kids now has, has a handful of them. They all have lice. Uh, oh, uh, wait, like head lice? Yeah, head lice, yeah. Not the oh, body, yeah. not the body. Kind. Yeah, you know, it's it's pretty tough the first time you get it, but then, you know, once you've been a bad person, it doesn't feel as bad. <laughs> it makes you feel a little dirty. Well, I can't be friends with them anymore. You guys have never had it? Uh, I mean, I did when I was a kid. But your kids haven't gotten it? No, God, no. Oh, wow. Yeah, we've had it twice or three times. But I, until he's, until he, I'm sure that he's clear, I'm, you know, I'm keeping my distance. Yeah, well, you know, it is, it's a pain in the butt. And the problem is that there's a lot of bad information out there about like how it gets passed around, but then also how you deal with it. And it's, there are people out there with what seems like really good advice about what to do about it. And it's, it does nothing and makes things worse. That's part of the problem. So here's a, here's a question I've always wondered. I'm not saying this is a solution. I'm not saying people should do this. Head shaving. Right. Yeah. I've heard you mentioned this before. You think you should shave the whole family. Does it work? Or do they still um, somehow survive on the scalp? You mean once they've got it? Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess that would work. The The biggest, at least in the way that I this has been presented to me, the biggest problem is that we're modern people and we want to think that this is something that can be fixed with science. We may have discussed this before. Mm -hmm. But of course, you never want your kid to get lice. Because, uh, I mean, setting aside the child, like who really cares about the kid, you look bad. You look bad if your kid's got lice. You seem like an animal, right? right. Yeah, exactly. But it seems like what you should do is go to Walgreens and buy some shampoo. Right, that seems the special, like the special anti-lice uh, oh, shampoo. Oh, sure, sure. I mean, I don't know. I mean, that that's a little bit like buying like tuberculosis cream. You know, it's like yeah. I mean, I guess that's well, insecticide or something, right? Well, you what you got to do is do what we do, and you hire the Irish lady. She comes out to your house and she sits there and combs your hair, the kids' hair, five different ways, removes every one, then comes back later to check it again. Like you have to comb them out and remove them. That is the only way to get them out. There is no shampoo that will get rid of lice. Wow. And, and then I guess I think there's also some old uh, like frontier wisdom about like what you're supposed to sequester in the house and for how long. Oh, as far as like, do you burn all of your sheets and linens? Do you wa right. just wash them? And what if it's... Do, do you shave the whole house? Like, you know, yeah. give it a silkwood shower? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, I mean... I, I don't know. I, this is not medical advice, but like I've heard, for example, that, you know what? I'm not going to say anything. I don't want to get in trouble. I, I think it's not you. I, the first time I heard about this was you have to take everything that is a 
cloth or linen or fabric thing, every single thing in your house, you got to put it in like a garbage bag for like two weeks. I've heard that's not so true. You want to you get the stuff sequestered, but really like a day or two should be fine. Stuffed animals, oh boy. You don't realize how many stuffed animals you have until somebody's got lice. And wow. here's the thing. The thing the thing is, this is why it could spread. It's because like, you know, you know, selfies. Selfies cause lice. Did you know that? No. How does that work? Well, what happens is you do a selfie with your friends and all, all your long, bunch of long-haired girls take a picture and stick their heads next to each other mm. and the lice jump from selfie user oh, to selfie user. God, that's... You don't think about that stuff. It's like using an iPad at a TGI Fridays. You don't think about how many other people. You're you're touching every diner that has ever used that iPad. Ugh. Yeah, it's really something to think about. Think how many people have farted on that booth. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. Good for your wings. So it's been a it's been a huge week. I don't have um I don't have too much here. You wanted to talk about some kind of uh cognitive behavioral or behavioral oil. Right, we can do that. I don't know what that's about. I only have one bit of follow-up. When will this episode uh, be released to the internet, Dan? I would say immediately, as soon Perfect. as possible, right now. Well, here's your last and final reminder, as we say in the airline industry, your last and final reminder that the Ungainly X-Man meetup is uh, tomorrow night, wow. Thursday, 27th. You come out to Two Cats Comics at 320 West Portal Avenue. You can learn more about this at merlinm.com slash meetup. Uh, I, I've talked about this before, but I would love it if you if you all come. You know, uh, if you're in the neighborhood or, or want to be in the neighborhood, come out and uh, talk about comics, meet some people, and uh, we get a beverage afterward. It's a lot of fun. I'm going to try and make it out to one of these things. Just that'd, that'd be really nice. With no be, no warning or anything, I'll just be there. That's the, that, that's how you do stuff. You, you yeah. do it without warning. You know, you're not going to tell the terrorists what your plan is. No, I never reveal that. that that's what ISIS is counting on. And know when to hold them. Yep. Fold them, walk fold away, them. Yeah, run. That. Everyone considered him the coward of the county. That's a very strange first line for a song. Everyone <laughs> considered him the coward of the county. Yeah. Let's let's learn more about the song Coward of the County. Kenny Rogers. Kenny Rogers. I, I wonder if he wrote it. The, the song he or if wrote, he just... Uh, you know, when I remember being a kid and finding out that the artists didn't necessarily write I their know. own song, I was so very disappointed upsetting. and upset and like, what do you mean? He didn't write it. Of course he wrote it. No, he just performed it. I'm like, well, what is he? What good is he then? He just performed uh, the song? Written by Roger Dale (laughs) Bowling and Billy Ed Wheeler. And it begins like this. (laughs) Everyone considered him the counter. Everyone considered him the coward of the county. He never stood one single time to prove the county wrong. His mama named him Tommy, but folks just called him Yellow. Something always told me they were reading Tommy wrong. And then it goes into the part where you say, you got to know when to hold them, know when to fold them, know when to walk away, know when to run. Actually, that's a different song. Now, now, what about that? Do you think Kenny Rogers wrote The Gambler? I feel like he lived The Gambler. I feel, I'm going to say yes, he wrote The Gambler. I don't know okay. about Coward of the County, but I think he wrote The Gambler for sure. All the, all the money's in publishing. You know. Sia wrote a lot of songs that, you, that she didn't perform. Sia? Yeah. Oh, see, she's lady with the wig, right? Yeah. Uh, oh, uh, Schlitz and Don uh, wrote The Gambler. Are they Canadian? Hmm. They're the Canadian duos like Schlitz and Don? I don't Dawn? know. It's, uh, it's uh, Sony ATV Music Publishing. Weren't they on SCTV and then they went on to do that mm-hmm. movie like... Oh, Christopher Guest? No, not that one. The 
Can he, there was the one then later he was in uh, Little Shop of Horrors, the one guy, and then Ghostbusters. Huh. The old one or the new one? The old one. Okay. Steve Martin? No, the, the guy, he was a, the uh, key, key master oh, in Ghostbusters. Rick, 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 Rick Moranis. So that's he what I'm thinking the, honey, honey, I shrunk the gambler. Yes. I know what you're thinking of. He said, son, I made a living out of reading people's faces, knowing what the cards were by the way they held their eyes. So if you don't mind my saying, I can see you're out of aces. For a taste of your whiskey, I'll give you some advice. I feel like Kenny Rogers wrote that. I know. I know. Did he write Ruby Don't Take Your Love to Town? You know, I don't know that one. Oh, you're kidding me. No, is that a big (gasps) one? Oh, yeah. I think that's... Am I missing out? I uh, I think it was Kenny Rogers in the first edition. It might have been a solo song. Oh, didn't that's he, didn't really... Kenny Rogers write Peg? A Peg, it will come back to you? Yeah. Oh, huh. I don't know. Did he write She Believes in Me? I don't I, know. I, I'm questioning everything at this point. Yeah. <gasps> oh, my goodness. Are you ready for this? Can I blow your mind? You blow it. So you don't know this song? You painted up your lips and rolled and curled your tinted hair. Ruby, are you contemplating going out somewhere? Yeah, you know, of course. It sounds Ruby, familiar. don't take your love to town. He's a veteran, and he can't use his legs. Hmm. It's hard to love a man whose legs are bent and paralyzed. And the These ones are the words of, of woman, the, the song? Yeah, this is the uh, what last verse. Uh, second, second, the penultimate verse. It's hard to love a man whose legs are bent and paralyzed, and the wants and needs of a woman your age, really, I realize. But it won't be long, I've heard them say, until I'm not around, oh, Ruby, don't take your love to town. Huh. And then at the end he says, for God's sake, turn around. Huh. Now that was written by, you know who wrote that? No. M- Mel Tillis. Ruby, don't take your love to town. Mel Tillis, the guy who's famous for his, uh, his, his uh, I don't know what the polit- politically correct term was, his, his stutter, his stammer. Remember Mel Tillis, the singer? You ain't seen nothing yet. Baby, nothing yet. Talking about my j- 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 that peg. one. We'll come back to you. And so what about, okay, so she believes in me. She believes. I know that because that was my go-to karaoke song for 20 years. Let's see. That was your song? Oh, yeah. Oh, God, yes. Stay out late at night and play my songs. Oh, yeah, I killed it. Mm. I want to hear that. Is there any of that oh. recorded? Yeah, there is actually. I yeah, want to hear I it. Was my, the, I was in the Dominican Republic and had some drinks and someone recorded it. That's off. I want to see I want to see that. Mine was always, my no, go-to was don't. the House of the Rising Sun. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. You really belt that out. Oh, man. Merlin, Just waiting for me like a secret friend. Merlin, man. God, her love is true. Jiminy Christmas written by Steve Gibb. That was not written by Kenny Rogers. What did Kenny Rogers, did he write anything? What about Islands in the Stream? I bet you Dolly, you know, I bet Dolly, Dolly Parton wrote that. Album. Merlin Man does uh-huh. karaoke from Chris yeah. de Jabet four years ago more. Same. Islands in the Stream artists. Dolly Parton, Kenny Rogers. What are Rogers. these giant balls on stage with you? Those are mine. <laughs> Let's see. Dolly Parton, <laughs> Islands in the Stream. Oh, are you ready for this? You know who wrote uh, Islands in the Stream? <laughs> <laughs> I'm making it too easy for you. <laughs> um, Islands in the Stream, written by the Brothers Gibb. Mm, really? The Bee Gees. The Bee Gees wrote Islands in the Stream. Bee Gees. Huh. 
Baby, when I met you, there was peace unknown. I set out to get you with a fine tooth comb. What does that mean? I was soft inside. There was something going on. <laughs> That's a very strange lyric. Hmm. No one in between. How can we be wrong? Sail away with me to another world. We rely on each other. Aha. Uh-huh. It's kind of like you and me. Yep. From one lover to another. Aha. Yep. yep. Hmm. I only have one piece of uh, follow-up. In our uh, in our most recent episode, uh, I forget how it came up, but we were talking about that thing where you. Oh, you know what? We were talking about uh, what's it? Uh, Bottle Black. What's the what's your new sponsor? Hot Jar. We're talking about Hot Jar. Right, Hot Jar. We we're talking about how you discover um, what whether people are doing the things that you expect them to do, the thing you want them to do, or you're just kind of watching the things that they do and then, you know, trying to accommodate that. It's a good UX thing to do. Yeah. There's a term for this. I must have known and forgotten. I've added it to show notes. It is called desire path. Whoa. I didn't, I, if I knew there was a name for this, I forgot it. Jeff Veen says, this is how adaptive path got its name was the phrase desire path. Huh? A desire path. In transportation planning, also known as DLD, can be a path created as a consequence of erosion caused by human or animal footfall or traffic. Path usually represents the shortest or most easily navigated route or route, as you say, between an origin and destination. A and desire path says, merges with a footpath in Helsinki, Finland. That's right. And then friend friend of the show, Glenn Fleischman, says there's a lot of urban myths about this uh, and, and the way the college campuses are put together. But it is definitely a thing. Like when you, there's a field, like you'll see there's one place and the wider it is and the more well-worn it is, the more people have desired that path. It's kind of like the way E.O. Wilson and the, the ants operate, right? A little bit. Anyway, that's uh, it's called the uh, desire path. Look at that. Just what I call that little strip of hair above my dingus. Um, in, in software design, the term is used to describe the action of people widely adopting the same methods to overcome the limitations of the software they're using. A representative example is Twitter, which has paved a number of desire paths by integrating them into the service, including at mentions, hashtags, group discussions, although not always precisely mimicking the behaviors of users. Well, that's that's pretty insightful. That's uh, C. Honeycutt wrote that. And S.S.C. Herring. Fawn Drocker. C. Honeycutt. Wasn't he on MASH? C. Yeah, he lived in Sausalito. See, hmm. Honeycut. I like I like Steely Dan. People are hard on Steely Dan, but I, I love Steely Dan. I've always enjoyed Steely Dan, but not all the songs. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah. The, the album that has Peg on it is really good. Peg is really good. Asia, that's a really good record. Clean this mess up, else we'll all end up in jail. The test tubes and the scales. Look at this, Ste- Steely Dan. Steely Dan. They're after a uh, sex device. They're still. Oh, yeah. Touring. Still. Yep. And also, uh, they wrote that song, Coward of the County, something not a lot of people know. I still love Reeling in the Years. I think that's it's the one. It's the wrong song to say you like if you're a Steely Dan oh. fan, but I love that song. Oh, that's is that like Yellow Submarine being yes, your favorite yeah. song? Do you like a Beatles song? Yes. Maxwell Silver Hammer. Yeah. yeah. But the one cool thing about it is I finally found a gateway to introduce... Not one, but both of my kids to Zeppelin, finally. Couldn't, I would give them a drop, something a little now, here and there, Heartbreaker. I gotta guess, or I gotta guess, I gotta Rambler, guess. Yes, I know you're gonna know it, but guess. Jamaica. No, that's a great oh. song, though. Fool, Fool in the Rain. No. Okay. Oh, wow, Let, okay. Let's, let's, let's connect it to Marvel. All of my love. No. 
the wow, new. Wow, those are all the easy gateway I drugs. know, I know. But the new oh, Thor g-dunga, trailer. G-dunga, 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 g-dunga. Yeah, friend from work. Immigrant That's song. That's a good one. Yeah, and so they they watch that uh, the the preview of it, and of course they've seen they see the trailer on Apple TV. They watch it daily. It's so good. It's really good. So and excited. and my son was like humming that song. I'm like, okay. So I just you know we were getting into the car to go to school. So I uh, I put it on and when the car starts starts playing. He's like, this is the Thor song. I said, this is the Zeppelin song, and and I told mm-hmm. him about it. And so now he, they're open open to hearing some Zeppelin as opposed to just door shut. Hammer of the Gods. It's a great song still. What is it, the Immigrant Song? Yep. Immigrant song. Led Zeppelin 3. Led Zeppelin 3. I think we've agreed. Maybe their best record. You know, there's so much to that album. It's really weird yeah. listening to it again, coming back and listening to it again. It, it's so unlike any of their other albums. I just really enjoy it. I still feel like I can get into that in a way that I can't get into the other albums as much anymore yeah it's you know it's uh it's when they i mean i guess they're always after the first album anyway second album starting they got a little more diverse i mean you know obviously four is the is the one you're supposed to like right. which i like it's good i listen to stairway to heaven once a year and it's great i make a i have appointment <laughs> viewing to listen to it exactly once a year and it's always as great as i remember if i heard it twice a year i'd hate it and i have to skip a year how soft your field so green can whisper tales of gore of how we claim the tides of war, we are your overlords. On we sweep with threshing oar, our only goal will be the western shore. But on mm-hmm. Mike, I could really play some drums. Hats off to Roy Harper. This is a good album. Callous Pole. This is this is a this is a really good album. Yeah. We're done four already, and now we're steady. Too many podcasts. Mm. I'm winded. Down. I'm winded. I don't want to make another coffee because I don't. I'm. I've already had too much coffee. But you know how sometimes you had too much coffee and you think I should really have another coffee. I haven't had. You know what? I've been completely off. I was thinking. But you about remember this you this have morning. memories of drinking coffee. I I loved coffee. It was one. It's one of the few things in the whole world that I completely love. Just yeah. I cannot cannot say a bad thing about it in any of its forms. Yeah. Even uh, even in an AeroPress, I still like it. You should drink it. It's really good. I can't. I can't have it anymore. I don't know why you say these things. Is this because on the advice it, of counsel? Yes. I'm, I can't have it anymore. I miss it, but it was... Is this, uh, this isn't some squirrely no, like, CrossFit pro- therapist. It's, it's Is not, this an actual no. medical professional? Yes, yes. All right. Hmm. As real, All as, right. They, as, real as they come. Well, yeah, how that works. You know, Sebastian Gorka, he might not be an actual PhD. He's the one from uh, up in the, in the, the... They're my friends. I made them. That's right. They're Seb. my friends. Seb from that movie, uh, La La Land. Um, <laughs> Blade Runner. Dun, 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 dun. Oh, yeah, of course, Sebastian. Sebastian. Home again, home again, jiggity jig. <laughs> Boy, I love that movie. Mm. That's uh, the guy from Larry, Daryl, and Daryl. Yep. I think they should just cut everything except his scenes in the movie. Uh, that'd be a really good short movie. Oh, yeah. Or uh, he's also uh, E.B. Farnham. Yes, in Deadwood. People forget that. People forget that he's E.B. Farnham. I miss Deadwood. I, I'm trying to know, is it something we, uh, we can watch again? Or is it? Oh, God, yes. I've watched it multiple times. It's not for kids. But no. uh, boy, is it ever good. <gasps> it's so good. That first episode, I don't know. I feel like I've said this too many times, but that might be a perfect first episode of a show. It's very, 
they do so much world building and character introduction in that first one. Oh man, I love uh, I love Ellsworth. There's a really good documentary out there. Uh, Matt Solar Sites did a really good Deadwood video, uh, a little short kind of mini documentary narrated by the guy who plays Ellsworth. Deadwood. Matt. It's a real place. Zoller. You can go there and visit and hang out with Trixie. Matt and Zoller Sites. A lie agreed upon. One of my favorite lines. Oh, I love that. A lie agreed upon. Um, yeah, there you go. I, liked, I, always, I always loved the, just the acting in that. It was so good. Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Trixie yeah, was absolutely. great in that. Love Trixie. Now, she's actually from the Ireland. I'm oh, was she sure. really? Yeah, she was in the... What other show was she in? Was it uh, Leftovers? No, she was in another show as well. Put it in show notes. Dan, where would people find uh, show notes for episode diggity 321 of your Back to Work program? They can go to 5by5.tv slash B as in boombox. Yep. Two is in the number... W as in wizened slash wizened. three, two, one. <laughs> Very good. Very good. Uh, I was going to, I was going to go with wax bill, but I didn't figure that would be as wackadoo. Yeah. W as in wackadoo. Um, I do not have too much here. I burned through all of my, uh, my excellent questions and answers from listeners uh, on our, on our last program. But I'm given to believe you you want to talk about uh, cognitive behavioral oil. Well, we can. I mean, there's a whole bunch of different things, but there was something I wanted to throw at you. I didn't know if, yes. if you've heard of the thing, and this was an article in Scientific American that was brought to my attention by uh, one of our listeners who, it's an article entitled, Why Walking Through a Doorway Makes You Forget. Have you Are you familiar with this concept? No, no. Tell me about this. I'm fascinated. Well, the article is dated back in 2011, uh, but it, I, I mean, it's, it's just as relevant probably, as ever. Probably still as relevant. The doors, doors have not changed that much. It's not like a Star Trek type situation. Scientists measure the doorway effect, and they're using this to study human memory and how human memory works. Okay. So here's, uh, I'll read a little bit from, from the article. You're sitting at, at your desk uh, in your office at home, digging for something under a stack of papers, and you find a dirty coffee mug that's been there so long it's eligible for carbon dating. Better wash it. You pick up the mug, walk out the door of your office, and head toward the kitchen. By the time you get to the kitchen, though, you've forgotten why you stood up in the first place, and you wander back to your office feeling a little confused until you look down and see the cup. And so this is something I definitely have experienced this, where you go and you, you, you're on your way to go and do something. And as soon as you walk through that door, you kind of forget what it was that you were going to go and do. I am super interested in this. Okay. Uh, I'll put this in the show notes uh, for sure. It, uh, they, they talk about this and they, they have a, uh, there was a, apparently there was some research and a study done in this and they're not really sure, you know, we're not really sure as people why did, were we thinking about something else? Was too much time passing? Was it not important? But there is a totally different idea that has been proposed as for the reason of this, that it's at the University of uh, Notre Dame or no Notre Dame, as you say. Mm -hmm. uh, the first part of their paper's title sums it up, quote, walking through doorways causes forgetting. And what they did is they actually had participants sit in front of a computer screen that had this custom little video game where you can move around, run around with the arrow keys. And in the game, they'd go up to a table and the table would have like a, like a, a geometric block, like a, a colored block sitting on top of it. And you'd have to pick up the object and take it to another table where you'd put the object down and pick up a new one. 
So that's basically the game. And whichever object you were carrying was invisible, like it had been put in a virtual backpack. So you'd pick it up, but then you couldn't see it anymore. So if it was a cube, you'd go over to it, you'd pick it up. Now the cube is, you're carrying it, but you can't see it. Okay. And so sometimes they would have uh, the, the next object. Sometimes you would just go across the room. Other times you would go the same distance, but you would go through a door into a new room. And from time to time, the researchers would give them a pop quiz and say, hey, what object are you currently carrying? But the quiz was timed so that when they went through the door, they were tested right afterwards, right after they went through the door. Hmm. And so as the title said earlier, they would forget. Their responses when they were asked were slower and less accurate when they would go through the door in the computer game. Even in the game? In the game. Then when they walked the same distance in the same room. And uh, so they, they did lots of other tests, too. They, it didn't matter whether it was on a, a huge flat screen. They did it with a 66-inch flat screen TV. They did it on a 17-inch like CRT, old school monitor. Um, they, they did it in real rooms in their lab where participants would walk through the real environment carrying the objects and then setting it down on the table. And then, but the objects were put in a shoebox. So you couldn't peek during the quiz, uh, but they basically, sure enough, same thing happened. Memory's worse if you go through the door than uh, than if you're just walking through a single room. Isn't this fascinating? Even, even in this virtual environment, <sighs> isn't that weird? I am so. I am okay. I thought so, you would like this. I figured. I figured this oh, would be up I your. Do. Of course, I love it. <laughs> What's the what's the the reckon on why that's happening? Well, they think that um, they they say here and here's the quote: the Dore effect suggests that there's more to the remembering than just what you paid attention to when it happened and how hard you tried. Instead, some forms of memory seem to be optimized to keep information ready at hand until its shelf life expires, and then purge the information in favor of new stuff. So they have they're calling this an inf- an event model. I don't know if they're borrowing from. Uh, programming or if, if programming is borrowing from somewhere else, but I've, I've heard that term before. And they propose that walking through a doorway is a good time to purge your event model because oh, whatever happened wow. in the old room is likely to become less relevant now that you have changed venues. That thing in the box, oh, that's from what I was doing before I got here. We can all forget about that. And they also said that there are other things that, that can uh, cause a purge, like if a friend knocks on the door you finish the task you're working on uh, or your computer battery runs down or you have to plug in to recharge or whatever, and that would also trigger this. Uh, and, and basically their, their theory is uh, that, that you, your mind understands that there's something that, that you're doing that isn't necessarily as important or as relevant when you've changed the room that you're in or when you've changed the physical location. And that's, that's all this article really there's says. Part of but. This, there's part of this that absolutely makes sense to me and i don't know the like neurology or psychology of this but like if you think about uh, i'm tempted to say something like the way a play or a movie works but let's say even in even in real life and i'm guessing you could peg this back to even you know earlier times for us is that we're always going to be most focused on the things that are top of mind right now like so like if you if you need to cross the river you cross the river now you're not thinking about the river anymore right there's no your brain doesn't have as much need to be like ruminating on that and I, 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 I mean, there's all this sort of like primacy and recency effects where you tend to remember things that happen first and last, right? There's those kinds of effects that happen. I could totally see this potentially being related to that where, you know, everybody 
knows or should know by now that you, you there's only so much memory. There's only so many things you can really hold in active memory at a given time. Right. Whether it's a phone number or a, a web address or whatever, unless you have some mnemonic for it and a, a place to put it, that's going to drop away because other things are going to come up that are more important on the face of it because they're happening now. Maybe also a good explanation of why multitasking isn't such a good idea. But that, that, that makes sense to me. That even if it's something as simple as moving through a door, some signal is telling you that now there's other things for you to be focusing on. Right. But that, that, it, that it's not a conscious thing, that it happens almost like an instinct. Like it's, it's somehow the way our brains work is that, like it's always fascinating to me how, me personally, but I know it's true for a lot of people, how you can be absolutely sure that something happened a certain way and you remember yeah. it that way. And in reality, it, it didn't happen that way. Or the other people who were there remember it a different way. You've been telling a story for 20 years and everybody else is like, no, that's not what happened at all. It didn't even happen that particular year or right. season. Like right. you're remembering this completely wrong. Yeah. And how and is that possible? You feel like it's a memory you could like hold in your hand. It feels so real. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, I mean, another thing to think about, it gets a little bit into the productivity stuff is there are certain things. This is one one reason I love having an uh, lady in the tube, is that you know in the spirit of what's been called ubiquitous capture, I'm I've learned to really relax. Well, first of all, if you're going to use lady in the tube, you need to get increasingly comfortable about the fact that you're talking to someone who's not there, which is very difficult. Marco has talked about this. Like it's very hard for him to get used to just talking into the air. It still feels weird even when you're alone. But in my case, that means like, and we've got several. Um, ladies in a tube throughout the house that can hear us. So I've gotten in the habit of saying, you know, lady in a tube, add toothpaste to my shopping list. Um, and lady in a tube, as we've mentioned numerous times before, is getting continually better at hearing you. Well, there was one I added yesterday that I, I can't believe it heard me correctly on the first try. But in that case, uh, that that's the solution to a problem I'm about to pose. The solution, the solution to the problem is like capture it as soon as it occurs to you, because as soon as you change modes or rooms or whatever, in my experience, you are highly unlikely to remember what the thing was that you were thinking about. So the, 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 the problem that I'm trying to answer there is that there are some things I remember all the time. I mean, is it a coincidence that I really remember we need half and half every time I'm making coffee and pouring half and half? That seems so obvious. Here, here's one. Yesterday I said, hey, lady in the tube, uh, add Ghirardelli chocolate cocoa, because I'm just saying word salad out loud. Hey, lady in the tube, add Ghirardelli, G-H-I-R-A-D-E-L-L-I, add Ghirardelli chocolate cocoa to my shopping list, and it got it on the first try. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, that's really impressive. Ghirardelli? Ghirardelli. But I mean, that it sounds maybe, so obvious. Maybe you, because you said it right, and then you didn't say it. It capitalized it. Giradelli or whatever. Giradelli, I don't know. But but uh, but I, that's one of those another one of those things that seems so obvious until you think about how you actually operate in life. And I mean, as you, especially if you get to a certain age, you're definitely doing that thing where you forget like why you went into this room, and you have to kind of mentally like walk backwards. I'm trying to teach my kid this because I, I've something I've done for years as a discursive thinker and speaker is I'll lose, lose tracks, get distracted. Like we're, we're walking along, she's telling me about her day and then she decides to walk on a wall and like pick a flower and goes, what was I talking about? Mm -hmm. And then I'll, I'll do this really annoying thing where I go wall, flower, <laughs> girl that got sent to the principal's office and I'll start walking backwards a topic at a time because that's the only way I'd really be able to, and then I'll go, oh yeah. You know, oh, that's right. Playground ball incident. She goes, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like you, yeah. you have to like treat your brain like this little stack that you have to walk up. 
and steps. You know, and, and it's the other thing, like losing something or forgetting where you put something. Like, why, why is it so easy to forget yeah. that where, where did I put that key? Where did I put that thing? If, you know, and if I don't, and it's like, I'm like you in that I have sort of a system of like, when I get home, I put this thing here, put this thing here. And, I, and that's the only way that I know that it will be there when I need it later. And I've taught myself that, that take, you know, put your keys in this, in the, on this hook when you come in yes. the door, because if I don't put them and like this morning, I made a mistake because I'd, I'd uh, gone out to exercise and I came back in and I didn't take the key out of my shorts right away. I know that they're still in the shorts and the shorts are now in the hamper. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I, I skipped the yeah. step and now I know that it's, I know that it's wrong. Well, I think there's two parts to that. I mean, one is, uh, cause there's always two things with me. There's, there's the one part with, okay, it's always on this hook. Like, you know, again, the, you get back to your bulwark, one's bulwarks against madness. If you always do it in the same way, ideally at the same time, under the same conditions and context, like when I get home, we wash our hands and then I put my stuff in this bowl like that. You know, that there are people who will continue to live years and years and years before they get as tightly wound as me and learn to just do that. The, the other one that's related to mnemonics, when you're thinking like if you have a, if you need a mnemonic or you need some kind of a memory aid to remember something. They always tell you like, like what, what, what you want to tell people is like, stop trying to be clever with your mnemonics. Here's how to do a mnemonic. If you're trying to remember a mnemonic based on the first letters of something like, um, like if I had to remember how to spell your name, I, I might say, uh, see, now I'm already thinking about it. This right. is exactly the problem. I'm trying to think of something clever instead of thinking of the very first thing that comes to my mind. That is the way to choose a mnemonic because what your mind will cast back to is exactly the thing you first thought. Very, very likely. And this is the same reason why we lose stuff, I think, because uh, there's part one. You don't always put it in the same place. And then you get a little clever and you think, okay, uh, I've acquired this $100 bill. I'll be really, I'll put it in a, in a book. And like, no way will I ever forget what book I put this in. Right. You know, whatever, whatever one's example here is. But we, I have so many examples of this. It's one reason why I stopped buying uh locks, TSA locks for my luggage. Cause every TSA lock that wasn't on the away bag, every TSA lock I've ever had was used exactly once. Cause I always, always, always lose the key somewhere in the universe, somewhere in my house and office and anywhere in my world, there are half a dozen tiny little keys for TSA luggage. <laughs> Why? Because I wasn't smart about it. I don't always put it in one key place. I, I eventually will learn that lesson. But doesn't that kind of feel like a similar thing? It's like you try, you try to apply a level of um, cleverness or rationality to something that really should just be a gut thing. Like where, and, and so back in the 43 folders days, I would always say like when you're thinking about where to put things, where to organize things, you know, it's don't put things where you think they belong, put them where you know you'll look for it. Mm -hmm. The first place I always look for these kinds of things are here. And then minimize the number of those things that there are, and you'll you'll be a saner person. Wow, that is super weird. But it, the idea that your brain unconsciously is doing like garbage cleanup for you—that's super interesting. You know that, that oh, you're not going to need that anymore, even though you might need it. Typically, when you leave a room, you're going, you're leaving. You're going to go mm -hmm. do something else, and you need to focus on something else, and you want to kind of purge that. You want to flush that cash when you're. <laughs> When you're going from one place to the next, most of the time, that's true. I mean, if you think about it, most of the time, that is accurate. You're leaving your office. You're going home now. 
Okay, well, I don't need to, th- I don't want to worry about the office anymore. I want to think about what I'm going to do next. And so it really does make yes. sense. It's just it weird. Does, it does make purge. What do you call it? Purging the RAM or whatever? Like that's yeah, like garbage gotta, like, collection or purging the yeah, cash. Yeah, right, or, right, right. It also probably um, explains in part, again, back to our old friend uh, Apollo Robbins, like how uh, illusions in magic work mm-hmm. and how things like pickpocketing work is like even you don't realize how manageable and manipulatable <laughs> how manipulate how much your your attention and memory can be manipulated by by other people in your surroundings it's kind of amazing to think about i mean there's a reason advertising works you know which is that you know um you, you see an ad a certain number of times and it starts to kind of just play you know on its own it's it's the strangest thing dan that reminds me is there anything you'd like to tell me about that you like i would like to tell you about flow 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 Flow. 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 What's going on with Flow? Flow is simple project management for teams everywhere. It helps you run your company, your team, and your projects your way, and it gives you a single space to stay on top of everything that's going on at work. And this is for anybody who's having trouble managing a busy team. If you find yourself battling a flood of emails and notifications, or if you're just like struggling to keep up with, okay, who's working on what? We were talking about project management a bit in the last episode, and this is like a project manager's dream. Uh, teams choose flow when emails and sticky notes or to-do apps just aren't enough, but a complex project management tool maybe is overkill. It's, uh, it's uh, simple, it's beautiful, it's easy to use. It's designed for users, not just, not just managers, by people who work with companies like Slack and Apple and Ted and Tumblr, and uh, they've got an app for the web, the desktop, iOS, Android, so that anybody who wants to use this has no excuse. It makes it incredibly easy to use, great user experience on any platform, every platform. And you get to do things your way. You can plan ahead. You can track projects. Uh, you can organize tasks. You can do lists. You can do cards. You can use a calendar. Like multiple different entry points for this information. And you get clear visibility. You know who's working on what. You can see how projects are going at a glance. And uh, and it's really great stuff. They've made a special URL. It's uh, get get flow, getflow dot com slash bok bok. <laughs> which for those who are wondering, it's b o k b o k. That's the correct. That's the, that's the canonical uh, yes. spelling. Getflow dot com slash bok bok, and you'll get a free trial. And listeners of this program will save twenty percent on a monthly plan, or if you really like it, thirty percent on an annual subscription. So uh, go to that URL. And you'll get the 20 or the 30% off, depending on what you sign up for. And uh, it's great, great stuff. Go check it out. Thanks very much to Flow. Getflow.com. Get Flow. That's right there on the tin. Just get it. Get get the Flow. Flow. Watch the football. Watch it. It's going to move. Dan, Dan, (laughs) uh, tell me about your uh, cognitive behavioral oils. You want to hear about that? I, I honestly have, I have not searched on this. I have, you keep talking about this thing and I don't know what it is and uh, I would love to hear about it. Okay. This is something that, and the reason I bring it up is more, it's more for you than necessarily oh, for our, our listeners. But is I know, it okay if people listen in while you're telling me about it? They can it? listen in. I think there's, right. there's a lot of people who uh, seem to have a lot of the same issues that uh, you and I struggle or have struggled with on the program. And, uh, yeah, totally. Our, I hope so. Our listeners, yeah, they're, they're attracted to, uh, like attracts like, you know what they say. Mm. And 
So there have been a lot of things that I've been uh, researching. We've talked about them over time, whether it's been uh, GABA or Kava or all these different things that uh, that are available for people who maybe they have uh, anxiety, generalized anxiety, social anxiety. Maybe they have uh, trouble sleeping. Maybe they are uh, into fitness and they, they want to recover more quickly, etc. So one of the things that I found out is something called uh, CBD oil. <gasps> I just oh Dan Benjamin, look at you! What is this? Something this is you're... very this is very surprising to me. What's surprising about it? That it's uh, it's, it's legal. Pot, it's pot juice. No, that's not that no. is not that's what people think. And it's see so, that's that's what they that's how they get you. Let me break this down. Please, CBD oil stands for cannabid oil. And if you if you've heard the cannabid part, you're probably thinking cannabis. Which is which is pot, as you and I would say, or weed, as apparently it's called now. Even though it was called weed back in the day, also weed was like what the surfers called it. Pot was what the rest of us called it. But what uh, there there are two components or components components, as you say, that are in pot. When uh, when it's smoked, you get THC and you get CBD. So THC is the part of the pot that makes you laugh and get the dry mouth and get really hungry and see kind of crazy stuff and have a great time with it. And the CBD part of it is uh, the non-psychoactive part that is associated with, um, I guess, feeling calm or chill or a, a number of other things. And it does not affect cognition or psychomotor learning, or psychological functions, or anything like that. It, it is, hmm. um, and that's the part of the pot experience that a lot of people who would say I smoke it to be calm or to calm down. What they're wanting is marijuana that's uh, that's higher in the CBD content and lower in the THC content. This and, is entirely new to me and legit fascinating. Yes, this is pretty interesting. So if um, so basically. There, the, the research that was started in this uh, was for people, there were some people that they did tests with that had uh, epilepsy, and apparently there was a kind of epilepsy that was hard to treat, and, and it's like you're born with it. And anyway, they found that CBD uh, worked really, really well for this. So th- there were a lot of studies that were done uh, so if you ever are researching CBD, you'll see that it's connected in a lot of ways to like epilepsy, and, and that's because it's really good at treating that. But they started to find that it was really good at treating a lot of different things as well. Well, there is another plant out there called hemp that I'm sure a lot of people have heard of. You can go get your hemp bar at the at the health food store. You can get a shirt made out of hemp. Hemp is like sort of – it's kind of the opposite of marijuana in that – what hemp has mostly is CBD and what pot has a lot of is THC. But what you do is you may somehow they make an extract and I don't know exactly that how, what this process is, if they're mashing it up or whatever, but you're making an extract. So most CBD oil, at least in the places uh, where, um, where they don't have like where pot is not legal, uh, they're using hemp and most of the places that sell it, it, they're using hemp because hemp is very, very high in the CBD part. So it's easier to extract CBD from a hemp plant uh, 
which is one version of the cannabis plant, versus marijuana, which is the another version of, of it. So it's totally legal to sell it. It's in all 50 states and in probably most other countries. So even if pot is illegal in your state like it is here, it's illegal here in Texas for medical. It's illegal for everything. So even if it's illegal, um, hemp oil or CBD oil, as it's, as it's called, is completely legal because the amount of THC it has in it is infinitesimal. It's all, usually it's not even there um, if there is any at all. But it's so low that you're not getting high off of this stuff at all. But there have been lots and lots of studies done showing how CBD oil is incredibly effective any time that anxiety is an issue, any time that um, that that it, so obviously wow. for epilepsy, but especially for anxiety. For uh, and they've done a lot of studies with it for people who have social anxiety. Uh, that it it can be transformative for people with social anxiety. Also done, they've done a lot of studies uh, for PTSD. Again, transformative for people with PTSD. And the more you read about it, the more it seems like if, if you go and you read the, the actual medical studies, the peer-reviewed studies and things like that that are out for it, those are the only things that really like convinced me that this was something I, I should consider trying because um, it almost sounds too good to be true. Like there's no side effects. You don't, it really does sound too good to be you, true. You don't build tolerance to it. Um, it, it, um, you can take it in these incredibly high doses, like 1500 milligrams a day. There's no side effects. Like it's really crazy, but I started reading more and more about it and hearing it. And there's a lot of people in fitness who are using it to like help speed up their recovery because it reduces inflammation. It reduces a lot of these things. Like, again, it seems like this wonder drug. Um, and, uh, and it's, it's not cheap. So there's a lot of places that, that sell it online. A, A lot of them are, you know, pretty reputable to, um, and, uh, and, and so I've been trying this stuff and it, you know, like it really does seem to help it. There's people who are using it for, uh, Parkinson's tremors. There's people using it for the essential tremor. I mean, like you, you name it, there's people who are, uh, who are trying this out. And it's one of those things that like, if you're dealing with any of this kinds of stuff, like, obviously I guess I disclaimer, like I'm not a doctor, right? But Mm-hmm. investigate this research it and for me it has been really really beneficial like uh across the board and i know a few other people who have tried it one of them was trying it she has on autoimmune disease and it she saw tremendous benefits from taking it with that too so like it's one of these wow. things that it's it sounds too good to be true and and i would encourage anybody to to read about it it might just be something that might help them out but i can talk how, about how what long have you been me. trying this uh just a few weeks now Oh, wow. And and so where do you, it says here you could buy it at head shops. Yeah. I, there's various places. Where did you, how did you source yours? Yeah. And it's impossible to overdose on it, by the way. Um, I found. Well, let's be careful. You know, that, that's what the studies say. I understand that. I just, I think it is inadvisable to tell anybody in a public audience that something can't hurt them. Well, I never I said it can't hurt them. I'm just saying what the okay. I just I, I I take your point, but I think we should be somewhat circumspect before we. Oh, well, that's why I'm saying Re- research it before you do it. Talk <laughs> okay. to your All doctor. Right. All right, talk. Go and talk to your doctor. There you go. So there's um, nothing you've said about this so far that doesn't sound too good to be true. I know. Well, I found out we have a wonderful uh, place here in in Austin called People's Pharmacy, where um, you can go and get your regular prescriptions filled and everything else. But they also have a lot of. Is it uh, a compounding pharmacy, Dan? Oh, like where they like uh, make it? Where they make it for you? I don't know. Maybe it is. I don't know. 
Uh, but it, you can get your regular it's stuff. Awesome. You can also get, they have uh, a wonderful little like deli in there. There's, oh, oh, nice. Their sandwich, the turkey arugula. Oh, with the gluten-free mm. bread. Oh, oh. Good mm. stuff. But anyway, I went there and I talked to them. They had a, uh, they carry it there. It's, uh, it's tough to find like in your town. If you're now, there are, you can get CBD oil that is made from, uh, the marijuana version as well. I suppose you could do that if you were in one of the states where it's legal. I don't know anything about that. Uh, and, okay. uh, and I, and so I haven't done we that. We got a head shop near my house. I'll go, uh, I'll go check it out. You could go and check it out at the head shop. There's also a few brands online I'll put in, in the show notes that I've tried that, uh, that are really good. They, the the main way people take it typically you can take it as a little pill if you want where it's it's like it some like of, a tincture is the most yeah popular. but yeah but doing it with the dropper because it I guess it absorbs better through your uh, sublingual sublingually than it does if you are um, than if you are swallowing it because then it doesn't have to be digested so it works faster I guess is the is the theory and I'll tell you what um, it it of all the things that I have tried prescription or otherwise to help deal with sort of stress and anxiety mm-hmm. over the years i would i would say this is one of the most effective that i've ever tried and i would i would put it up there with like when i used to have a fear of flying um the one doctor gave me uh, a very low dose of xanax and mm-hmm. i took that when I, like if i knew that i was gonna go on a trip i was gonna fly i would start to feel anxiety this is i don't know five ten years ago um that you know Xanax would calm those nerves down but it came with side effects too you oh, know brother does it yeah super super addictive it it is addictive it also can make you feel some people would say they're groggy or or tired from it and um a lot of people use it to, to help them sleep too but uh, you know the the effect that it would have on the worry this is uh, almost up there with that as far as but but there's a difference in that it doesn't affect cognitive function at all it doesn't make it like oh i i was so tired i could no it doesn't make you tired it just brings it brings things down and um does it make you sleepy no it doesn't make you sleepy but if you're tired it helps you fall asleep this is super interesting i just added a link to um this uh, new york magazine article from uh, this week i guess cbd cbd oil actually helped with my anxiety says jenny miller Hmm. But, you know, in, in, in what they say, again, everyone should do this on their own, but like the dosages of it that you can get, like like there was um, – when I first started researching it, you know, there were people who were saying, well, you should take – you know, work work your way up, start small and work your way up. So That sounds very advisable. Yeah. So, so what you want to do is you want to say if you've never um, tried it before – you know, maybe start with a low dose, start with five or, or, or 10 milligrams of it and see how that does for you. You'll find that there are people who are taking a lot more and a lot of the tinctures that are sold will start at, a, you know, 100 milligrams, 50, 100 milligrams, 150. Um, so just, you know, try it out, start it out. You can get one that's like 100 like, or 150. Try it out if, it, if you and your doctor think it's right for you. Right. Check it with your doctor. <laughs> but um, for me, I'll tell you what is made a tremendous, tremendous difference. Very, very interesting. Tremendous. Not what not what I expected. I thought it was going to be some kind of beard oil. <laughs> you could do that. You need. Or sure. I thought it was going to be like one of those uh, butter coffee kind of things. I thought it was going to be something paleo. No, I don't. I, I mean, I I don't know if it's paleo or not. Does it have really any care. gluten's in it, Dan? No. Okay, good. 
Super interesting. I'll stop by the head shop. Place freaks me out a little bit, but I'll go in there. Is that the only place you could go? You don't have something more medicinal than that? I'm not going to go to a place like that. Yeah. They might, try to, they might try to. They might try to. Father, like, I can't go to a pot store. Check your blood pressure or something. Oh, you have those now? Is that legal there? <laughs> yes. Oh no, I mean, I know it's legal. Like the, what you told me was that, that, that like, because I was in the that park. What's that one park? The Union. Yeah, Union Square. Union Square, and there was. I told you this. There was some guy. And he was lighting up like he didn't care. He's just sitting there. Oh, people smoke pot everywhere here. It's an affliction. And it was fine. And I was like, why? Why aren't they pulling, hauling him off? Yeah, I know. Well, they do it on. They do it on uh, the subway. People just smoke pot on the subway. If anybody smoked a cigarette on the subway, they slice them up. Why Ugh. is it all right to smoke pot on them? Uh, this town's broken inside. <sighs> Dan, uh, tell me about a second thing that you like. I can do that. I would appreciate that. I can do that. We don't even. I love need a hearing reason. about things that you like. I love your enthusiasm. I love your zest for life. I have I look that. At cognitive behavioral oils. You know, you know what makes me happy? What what makes you happy? Cooking. Mm. Do you like to cook? Love to cook. Are you I a love chef? To cook, but sometimes I uh, I am I'm a kind of chef. I think I, I consider myself part of a community of home chefs. When I cook, though, <laughs> I'm going to want some way to make it easy on me. I'm going to want things that are pre-portioned. I want to get things that are responsibly sourced. I'm talking about the fish. I'm talking pork. Ideally, the fish fish people they should be talking to the Monterey Aquarium. So this is, this is the kind of thing I go into a store and I say, excuse me, this fish, have you talked about this with the Monterey Bay Aquarium? And they say, sir, sir, could you please leave? And, uh, you know, I just, it's such a hassle. You know, I just end up getting ribs every night. Ribs are not bad. No, but shouldn't have it, shouldn't have it every night. No, you don't I mean, unless your, doctor, unless your doctor thinks it's right for you. Check with your doctor. Mm-hmm. But the thing about <laughs> Blue Apron. Please remember to like and subscribe. But Blue Apron. Blue Apron. They no, they'll help you with food. They will help you with food. They are the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the country. This is factual, and their mission is to make incredible home cooking accessible to everyone. And the frustrating part is, you're sitting there and you're like, you know what? I'd like to cook something right now, wouldn't you? Yes. Let's do. Let's cook something right now. What do you want to make? I don't know. What ingredients? This gets back to our project management discussion. That's There's right. So much planning and the layers and the dependencies and the milestones and oh, pretty soon it's just ribs all the way down. That's right. And you you wind up this with this feeling of like if someone could just like get the food here and tell me what to make, I would really enjoy the rest of it. I would like cooking. I have a significant other. Maybe you have some kids who said, "I want to, Dad. Can I stir something in the pot?" Yes, you can because of Blue Apron. Blue mm. Apron will let you. Help your children learn to cook. They're going to have to run with this. I'm just. That's a good one. You're just an idea. I'm going to give this to them. This is free with the read. Uh, Basically, they deliver exactly the right amount of food for these really cool recipes that they have put together for these meals. They send them out to you. Everything is there. They, They have these wonderful little cards that have pictures of the food that you're going to be able to make. They also have. Uh, the the recipe and when you make it it actually turns out just like the picture it's it's not one of these impossible to, like they had some professional chef styling the food no like they send you a picture of what it's going to look like and it it looks like that yep and it's really good and it doesn't take too long to 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 cook either and you know what cooking together with your family build you're building the the family bond there they should use that one too is that is that free with the read they're going to go they're going to have that 
there's so many times where, I mean, let's be honest, I've got a kid, you know, she's a, she's a kid and she doesn't like to try new foods. She's become slightly less ambitious as she's gotten older. The thing we have found is that when we do Blue Apron and cook it together, she loves helping with that. She, I mean, not helping. I mean, she's doing part of the work. Yeah. I don't want to be to minimize it, but also she is way more likely to try stuff that she helped make. And it's a very fun event for us. Yeah. And it's, it, you know, it, you get to see the novelty of the fact that like you made something or the, and them as a kid, they made something and like they transformed these building blocks into this food. And like you said, like that's a great way to get kids to actually want to try something when they see how it's made. Another cool thing about this is you're you're always going to be surprised by what they send out. They never repeat recipes in the whole year. You never get. I'm going to check them on that because that doesn't seem possible. That's to what me. they say. That's what they say. They say they don't repeat in a year. That's well, that's it's bananas. The, the words right here I'm reading. I know, but I mean, like, if that were me, it would be like just slightly different. My slightly different chicken three times a week, but they don't do that. No. It's not, right. It's not like chicken with a little bit of cheese on it, and the next night chicken with some breadcrumbs, and the next night different, chicken different kind of cheese. Yeah. Right. It's not. It's not like that. Pre-portioned mm. ingredients, exactly what you need. The whole thing takes thirty, forty minutes to make, so it's like a full-on fun cooking process, and everything arrives ready to cook, super fresh. Less than ten dollars per person per meal, unless you're our friend John, where the the multi-person uh, meal is actually just enough for for him. Uh, but try this out. They have uh, a really cool thing. You can check out this week's menu and you'll get your first three meals for free with free shipping. If you go to blueapron.com slash back to work, you will love this. It's going to be a lot of fun. Home cooked meals, Blue Apron helping you, blueapron.com slash back to work. They say it is a better way to cook. And I believe mm. them. I believe them. Beautiful. Beautiful read, Dan. Well, it's, it's easy when you have uh, such a good sponsor. I found a place uh, that will deliver pot to your house, and uh, they will bring me uh, this general health tincture. I don't – okay. You know, I want SF, you to stick SF. with the straight-up CBD oil with this least little no, least amount of – No, that's Well, they have three different ones. There's CBD tincture. There's THC slash CBD tincture. Yeah, don't – no, that's not what you want. Yeah, you just want to do CBD. Just CBD to get on the 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 – the van that I'm driving. Okay. You shouldn't drive when you're having CBD. No, you can. Knees. It's fine. Okay. And, and it's described here as being a certain, they describe it as 23 colon one. So, I mean, are there differing, uh, strengths or strains as you pop people like to say, are there differing strengths and strains of the CBD tincture? Uh, I, I don't, I mean, like if you, if you have, it sounds like you've tried a few different bottles of this stuff. When you take it, do you take the same amount each time and know what the effect's going to be? Yes. Okay. Uh, and 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 it doesn't. And it's all been the same. It doesn't. I haven't found. Um, I haven't found it to be an issue. But basically, the what makes it legal is it have has to have point three percent or less. THC in it. I get it. It's like, yeah, like the alcohol and kombucha. It's got to be like real small. It, 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 that's a really perfect uh, analogy for it. It has to have less than 0.3% THC. And if you're, if it's coming from hemp as opposed to marijuana or whatever, uh, mm -hmm. then it, it, I, I think it's, hemp doesn't have THC in it. I don't, I'm not totally sure about that, but I think it's like 
That's why they uh, make it. I think it this has to do with the the boy and the girl part of the flower. Sure. No, I'm serious. I think THC comes from the girl part. Okay. I'm looking here at the various varieties. This I'm in the high THC section of this pot delivery site. I'm gonna read you some of the names. Um, Ace of Spades. <laughs> yeah, that's a different thing. You're in that's a different. That's three hundred. I know. I know. It's three hundred eighty dollars an ounce. You can get Applejack, Blueberry Lemonade, Candy Jack, Cherry Pie, Deadhead OC, Girl Scout Cookies, Heirloom OG, Karma Wreck. See, now you're, of, you're, you're diminishing the No, I'm medicinal. not. I'm treating these funny names. Some stoner came up with all these names. Lucid Dream, Long's Peak Blue, Murasaki, Strawberry Sherbet, White Cashmere, Top Shelf Popcorn Nugs. Hemp is cannabis, nugs. cannabis sativa, which has mm-hmm. only trace amounts of THC in it. That's hemp. Mm-hmm. That's not the what you're doing. This is a, a cross of Hollywood Pure Kush and Chem 91, <laughs> otherwise known as Skunk VA times Cashmere. Yeah. And it's popcorn, it has popcorn nugs pricing. I have I an like article I'll, 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 be put, I'll be putting in the show notes that popcorn it's, nugs. is called uh, The Difference Between Hemp and Cannabis. Uh, one of the lesser known strains, Vinnie you can, cook, you can cook with hemp oil? Yeah. Popcorn, popcorn buds. You get popcorn kush. It's from a site called Leafly.com. It's a marijuana site. Now I feel like you're kind of making fun of the CBD oil. I'm not. I don't want push notifications from Leafly. Like who? Who wants pot notifications? <laughs> Leafly. No, I'm going to go over to the head shop. I usually avoid eye contact with the guy because he's real social. He's probably he's probably pumping down a lot of the CBD oil. It makes him super social. I'm uh-huh. like, I don't want to talk to the pot guy. Right. Because it's clearly kind of a front. And. um but I'll go over there. You can use you can use the um, the hemp oil on your eczema too. Nice. Uh, popcorn Kush. Oh, it's got reviews. It's got forty five re- reviews of popcorn Kush. White cashmere, top shelf popcorn nugs, indoor high. White cashmere is an indica hybrid cross of Hollywood Pure Kush (LAPK) times Chem ninety one Skunk VA times cashmere popcorn nugs pricing. <laughs> popcorn nugs. Pricing. It's uh, uh, you get an eighth. You get an eighth for fifty dollars. Quarter for ninety five dollars. You get an ounce for three hundred dollars. American popcorn. I probably, I probably didn't describe that appropriately. You got white cashmere is an indica hybrid cross of Hollywood Pure Kush LAPK times Chem ninety one Skunk VA times cashmere popcorn nugs. Pricing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that means. I don't know what these words are. Mm. Oh, the pot people are very strange. They got a word for everything. Popcorn nugs, popcorn nugs, popcorn nugs, popcorn nugs. Popcorn nugs pricing. <laughs> Funny love ham. <laughs> she believes in me. Steely Dan. Goldberg Chew. Book bag. Yeah. Dove bar. <laughs> Pop the bar, popcorn nugs pricing, bulk bag, huh? Skunk VA Chem ninety one, popcorn nugs pricing. Oh, and it's got view product THC fifteen oh three. It's got a THC of fifteen oh three and a CBD of zero point zero three. What else they got here? Uh, they got Cal extracts, Afco OG taffy wax. Cal extracts, Afco OG taffy wax. Cal extracts, <laughs> God's gift crumble premium wax. Cal extracts, Three Kings pull and snap wax. I'll send you the links to the kind I get because I don't mango, know what all this mango is. tangy, mango tangy wax shatter, <laughs> cal extracts, lion mosier wax crumble, 
Cal extracts super sour diesel wax crumble. <laughs> what, what are you reading from? Well, son, I sent you that other one. I'll send you this one too. My God. I'm embarrassed. This is SF, SF Green Delivery. You can get free word salad with every delivery. What else we got here? So that's in that section. What else we got? It's topicals, edibles, flowers, concentrates. Oh, I see. Okay, you got this. Well, what's on special? Let's see what their specials are right now. 420 mix and match half ounce sun grown special. Oh my God. Mix and match one ounce top shelf bundle special. Shatter special. Wax special. Delta can three card special. Special, special, special. Oh, I see. Is this one you recommend? Yes. All right. Oh, look at that. Oh, that's costly. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, the Stanley Brothers. I love their music. Okay. All right. All right. So what are these? Are the prices for different sizes? Yeah, you can get the different size bottles. All right. You know, they have a large and a small, and then you can get it where it's flavored. It'll break. I'll get it. Oh, it's going to break, and there's going to be pot pot oil all over all over my mail. Or, or you, it could be Green Hair FedEx guy. Comes. I was going to say, oh, ask, ask, you know, give him a tip here, or here's something. Here's your odds and sods popcorn nugs shatter. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what those words mean, but my friend's milk, mint chocolate pot oil got all over my stuff. Uh-huh. So I can get 100 milliliters or I can get 30 milliliters. You can get yeah, 30 or 100, whatever you want. But this is, this is okay, I'll add it to the cart. I'm clicking. I'm getting going with mint chocolate flavor. I don't want olive oil flavor. Olive oil flavor? Well, it's unflavored, basically. Should be delivered... At the latest, on or before Monday, May 9th. Hmm. I should probably get expedited shipping. You won't regret it. Popcorn nugs pricing. Oh, and here on Grass City Forums, there's a conversation. It's popcorn nugs versus big nugs. <laughs> popcorn nugs from, from, from my guy. Train wreck pickup frosty popcorn nugs. Train wreck pickup frosty popcorn. Am I having a stroke, Dan? You Would you tell me if I were? I wouldn't. I would. Just picked up a couple G's of Trainwreck. Has a very pine citrus smell. Tastes great. It's not a creeper. Hits you really fast. And this guy with a kitten photo says, nice. <laughs> you got Frosty Nugs. You got Frosty Ass Tennessee Nugs pickup. Club pickup. Uh, purple Chunk and Frosty Trainwreck. Popcorn pickup. Oh, here, Dank pickup of Frosty Nugs. <laughs> what, is a frost- what is a Frosty Nug? What? <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean? What nug? does this mean? What that mean? Oh, here's some frosty nugs. Okay, frosty nugs. When you shotgun a blunt or joint into one of those frosty mugs, what? Oh, Urban Dictionary. Would you crap me negative? Frosty mug. Oh, that's frosty mug, not a frosty nug. And that's probably different from a couple. Oh, look at this. It's pictures of marijuana. There it is. It's a kind of marijuana. Frosty nugs. Okay. Does a nug go into a little grinder? It could, sure, if you got the right indica. This one looks like a strawberry. It looks like a big green strawberry. Wow. Hakuna Matata, the wonder of life. Uh, we got a uh, couple tweets from listener Ben. I don't have an answer to this, but I'm going to read ben, this to Ben you. Kingsley? Yep. That's right. I because uh, I, I need to take a nap soon. Assuming good productivity, uh, listener Ben, assuming good productivity systems already in place, how do you cultivate the inner focus slash drive to find and do more good work? For example, he says EG, uses that well. Uh, for example, I can type 75 plus words per minute, but compose fiction at, say, 25 to 35 words per minute. I don't need better keyboard shortcuts. I need better ideas faster. I've got allegedly well GTD'd tasks sitting quietly for months. Don't need better taxonomy. I need to do them. Ideas. 
Get any thoughts for listener Ben? He needs to do them. Yeah. Mm. Well, I understand what he's saying. He's kind of saying no, that we talk a lot well, about what he's, saying, what he's saying, I think is fairly straightforward, which is I feel like I've done the work of being organized and having a productivity system that makes sense. I've gotten good at using my tools. Now, the thing is, I'm just not getting as much done as I would like mm-hmm. or the kinds of things that I would like as fast as I would like. Yeah. And he doesn't say anything about popcorn nugs. So I assume he's not, uh, not, not partaking on any oils or shatters or right. wax. No. What do you think? I mean, there, your tools can only take you so far. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like what he needs is, uh, he, he needs to stop playing mind games. Mm, you think he's, uh, he's psyching himself out and not in a good way. Yeah. I think he needs to find his center, do his breathing and get in his zone. And <laughs> the only way that he's, Sorry. that sounded like the nugs talking. Yeah. Yeah. And the only way that he's going to do that, I think is if he gets his mind right. Um, I, I, I actually do agree with you. Um, the other part of this, there's a concept that I think about a lot, and I'm going to freely Who cares? How, I don't care how fast he can type, Merlin. Right. That's as irrelevant. Well, that, 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 relates, that relates to what I'm about to say, All I right. think. Um, this is a term I try to talk about with my daughter sometimes. I talk about the concept of what I'm calling velocity. Mm. And sometimes in the morning... And again, it always comes back to shoes and socks, right? And I, I say, look, look, I really need to get some velocity here, especially like if we're, if there's been a morning of cartoons, you know, I slept until nine, I'm waking up. We need to get out of here. If we want to get to the movie that starts at 11, we need to leave the house by 10. And in order to do that, what do I need? I need some velocity, which is a concept. Just This is a, a coinage of my own design. But basically, you know, that feeling of like, okay, now we're moving, Right. Now, think about different kinds of what I'm calling velocity. There's the one kind of velocity, which is there's a whole bunch of stuff I need to type up. I know exactly what it is, and I can do 75 correct words per minute, which seems like a good amount of speed to get me the velocity I need to get finished with this. You know what I mean? Part of this is also, uh, to misuse other physics terms, it's like a little bit of momentum, inertia. I don't know. I need to get things in motion. Now, we uh, our flight from the East Coast uh, the other morning uh, long story short, we basically, we had to get up at five Ooh. in order to get to the airport in another town an hour away on time. Now the, the velocity that enables you to get from a state of sleep to being back home thousands of miles away, just because that all happens at a much slower pace doesn't mean you don't need velocity, right. what I'm calling velocity. You've got to have, you've got to have something in motion and keep it in motion. Even if the part of that motion is just sitting in a chair on a plane for a long time. I guess what I'm trying to say is I think part of what might help listener Ben to succeed is to accept and potentially realize that you will have different speeds at which you do different kinds of things. So I, I would, I mean, I, at the risk of saying something kind of obvious, I wonder if you're holding yourself to too high a standard in terms of speed for certain kinds of things where maybe you should honor the velocity that you get at a, like if you're able to produce this many pages of fiction in a month and you kind of, let's say, track that over time, look for, look for patterns there. I mean, are there months where you get one page done and months where you get 30 pages done or however you choose to measure. Do you follow what I'm saying? Yes. I wouldn't expect everything to proceed at the same speed. And I don't know, maybe that velocity term is just a silly thing, but I know it when I feel it. I know it when I feel denied that. I know when I'm like, listen, I don't know if you ever have this feeling. Listen, we need to either be done getting ready for this thing and get out the door in five minutes or I am going back to sleep. 
That is my promise to you. That is the that is the Merlin man promise. We either go and I get in motion or I literally go back to bed. You ever have that feeling? Yeah, I you think so. Like, you know what? No, no, no. But I'm saying like you ever have to get both your kids out of the house with shoes and brush teeth and you got to be somewhere in an hour and you've been trying for an hour to get them to do it? Yes. Don't you feel a little bit, you know, kind of like emotionally cockblocked? Like, like, yeah. oh, God damn it. I have, I'm already exhausted and we still have not left the house. Not a proud thing to say, but I've had that feeling of like, look, we're going to go see this animated movie that I really don't want to see. But in order for us to get there, we've got to leave now. Right. And I get that feeling of like, I need this motion. I need this velocity to get going. Sort of like you, back when you drank coffee, you would say, I need one cup of coffee just to have the energy for my second cup of coffee. Yes. I think for listener Ben, it will it would be valuable to realize if you're holding yourself to too high of a standard to what you can get done and to accept and potentially embrace what can get done in a certain amount of time. Because also, here's the other side of that, is you will be less stressed out, you will be less frustrated, potentially less depressed, and more productive if you say, you know what, getting this amount of fiction done in a month is really uh, pretty good. And you notice here I'm measuring by the month, not by the week, right. the hour, or the day. Right. Because you're going to have good days and bad days. And if you have enough good days to produce the amount you want over a month, then accept that. Look at you know past his prologue as the statue says, like, go back and look at how much you've gotten done in the past. Uh, what's the term, you know, yesterday's weather from extreme programming, same idea, but it sounds like you kind of agree. Don't, don't expect everything to go as fast as your best day of typing nonsense. Right. I mean, you have to think about, and we don't know what kind of quality and when we should talk about that too, we don't know what kind of quality he's, uh, he's, he's generating, but I mean, you know, it, it, it comes down to, Doing doing what you can do and eliminating those kinds of distractions like you were talking about and focusing on the process, not the tools, the mental, the mental process. Process uh, to, to focus on doing it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. If you've got well, as in his words, and I always sound like I'm being critical and I don't mean to be, but I understand, I think I understand what you mean by well GTD tasks in the sense that you have worked the system to go from cognition to inbox to, you know, processing, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Well, I mean, you've answered your own question right here, which is if there's something on your list that's been there for four months, if there's, let's say five things, if there's 15 things that are on your list that you haven't done for four months, then it isn't actually well GTD'd, which is an interesting term. I kind of like that. What, what, what that says to me is those are things you're never going to do and you haven't accepted it. Uh, and then of course the typical comeback is, well, I, I need to do them or of course I will do them. To which I would always respond as I talk to my straw man title. Uh, okay, well, <laughs> if you're going to do them, then why aren't they done? Because reasons. Okay, well, because reasons times 15, a great start would be take one of those tasks that you think is the one that's still the most important and alive and do it before we're done recording, before we're done putting out this show. Like right. go right now, like take one of those things, do one of those things and see if it makes you feel better. See, and then look at that list and go like, okay, can I do another or should I start deleting these? Because, you know, it's, it's like I say, it's, uh, it's, you don't want to rabbit hutch. You don't want to be tending your, your old tasks. And between those two things, high expectations for what you can get accomplished and sad feelings in your tummy about what you haven't done. It's a great recipe for being uncreative. Yeah. It's a great way to say like, I'm not allowed to do anything good because I suck so much. It's a cop, it's a cop out. I guess so. It can be a cop out, but it also can be very unexpectedly comfortable. You know, like, oh, I just always turn in my paper late. That's mm -hmm. how I am. Mm -hmm. 
But listener Ben, I wish you luck. I uh, good luck with the fiction, good luck with the typing, and uh, good luck with clearing some of the Kipple and Croft out of your uh, prospective boxes. Nice. Also, be sure to pick up some popcorn nugs. Popcorn available nugs. at popcornnugspricing.io. I just made that up. Dan, tell me about one more thing that you like, and then we'll talk about quality. Well, you know, it actually connects well with uh, with his uh, his question. He alluded <gasps> to the fact that he yes. likes shortcuts and things like that. Well, Text Expander is yeah. a good good friend of ours, friend friend of the show. Mm-hmm. Text Expander. Yep. And uh, they, they have a thing called Text Expander for Teams, which is what they call a productivity multiplier, a shared knowledge base, if you will, from which your team communicates quickly and accurately. So you, you use Text Expander. For those who don't know, this is the thing where you type a little, uh, a couple characters or you, an abbreviation, a shortcut that you've come up with, and it will expand that out into a full block of text. It could be something as simple as your phone number or an email address or an address that you type a million times a day to something more complicated, like responding uh, to a request for, for feedback or a support request or something like that. But what happens when you've got a few people working together doing uh, doing a similar job. Maybe you have a few people doing tech support or a few people doing outreach and they're, they're selling something or whatever it is where you've got a group of people on a team and you want them to have consistent messaging. You want them to have a consistent way to interact with different people. So it doesn't matter which of the two or three support people that might be on the team are responding or which of the five salespeople are responding. You know that they're going to have something that's written that's going to communicate that message effectively. So what you do is you get your best writer and they write the responses or they write the the things that you want to send out. And then you all use Text Expander for Teams. Now, all of them are going to have access to the same shortcuts they're all going to have access to that same body of information uh, on, on any platform, macOS, iOS, Windows, the web. It's accessible. It's searchable. And April, the month that uh, we are still in here, it's Text Expander's first anniversary. In that, uh, in that time, Text Expander, they've added team statistics, group notes, public notes, monthly activity reports. Uh, the Windows app came out. Tons of client software updates and so much more, and uh, and this is this is a really big deal, and they're giving it away as a, a free trial. And the place to go to get that is textexpander.com slash B2W. Go there, start your free trial, and uh, help celebrate the the year anniversary of the new Text Expander. Yeah, happy anniversary. I, I'm still adding new ones all the time. I started adding more photos. <clears throat> if I type uh, sick wife, one word, it drops in the picture of that raccoon carrying a cat. Um, if I, if I want to acknowledge a reference, I drop in a picture of Tony Sindelar. That's Refak. Uh, I have one called mansplain me. Like if somebody on Twitter is like, is, is being really condescending, uh, I type mansplain me and that says, wow, interesting. Could you explain this in just way more detail to me? Omit nothing. Uh, <laughs> I have, uh, TYFM. Thank you for your message. <laughs> and I have this form that I use to create the Beginning and ending of, ironically enough, every sponsor read that I do. I got sponsor start and sponsor send, and it fills in all the parts for me that I need to say and puts the URL in and makes sure it's all structured right, and it's it's a godsend. It's pretty cool. Yeah, just just never having to type my email or phone number again. Just the best. Never. Mm-hmm. Never. I'm not a monster. Textexpander.com slash B2W. Go get it. Our thanks to Expander and our friends at Smile. For supporting five by five and back to work. Good folks. Good a good Boo. grouping over there. Boo. Yelp uh page for best CBD oil in San Francisco. 
you go to the apothecarium, the Green Cross, Nug MD. Uh. Always with the Nugs. Urban Farm, MMJ Doctor. Mm. Sounds like a hand jobbery. I don't like any Harvest, of that. Barbary Coast, Bloom Room. Would you <laughs> want to go to the Bloom Room Cannabis Collective? Bloom. Oh, here you go. You get medical cannabis referrals. Coal Street Smoke Shop. When I say Coal Street, you say smoke. Coal Street Smoke. Okay, try to find the hemp one though. CBD. Yeah, the hemp, the hemp derived CBD oil. That's what you yes. want. Yes. Yes. I'm gonna go to this uh, this head shop over near here and see if they've got it. They're not gonna. They get, they get, they get good reviews. I don't like to drive, Dan. Oh, there's a VIP vape store. Look at that. Oh, there's all these vape stores. Yeah, I don't. VIP vape store. Let's see what they say about this. Oh, look at that. You can get the fruits. I cannot believe this little gem is in here. Came here for a starter kit. Uh huh. Get some sick vapes. Dan, did you want to talk about Robert Persig? Persig? Yeah, I, I've always said Persig. I don't know if that's correct. Um, but he passed away on Monday. Yeah, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, uh, Robert Persig is the author of one of uh, what I would say is one of the books that had the biggest impact on me it, during my still formative years, Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance. And um, he, I remember reading this while I was in college. I actually read it for a, a technical writing class. And one of the, the, the subject that, that the primary subject, if you will, from this work is quality and the definition of quality and understanding quality. And it is a first person narrative, this book. Uh, it's a motorcycle trip that the author and his son take uh, kind of cross country. And what's, uh, what's interesting about it is the way that he folds the discussion of quality and what quality is and, and how, how you can create things with quality and how significant and important that is. And he, it's kind of a blending of East and Western uh, views on quality. And uh, it's a wonderful book, and I haven't read it for a very, very long time. I'm probably due to read it again. I think you you gave you gifted me with a copy of it. I did, and uh, it's Zen and the Artist and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance: An Inquiry into Values it's from 1974. Wow, uh, but still pretty relevant. And um, he takes you on what's called a Chautauqua, which is, uh, I believe, the Native American word for uh, like a quest or a journey, if I remember right. Wonderful. I thought, it was a kind of, I thought it was a kind of meeting. Chautauqua. Now, maybe I'm getting it wrong. No, no, no. I'm probably getting it wrong. But anyway, it's a wonderful, wonderful book. He talks uh, also the narrator of the book, and I don't know how much of this is autobiographical, but the narrator of the book refers to, apparently, in, in the narrator of the book had um, some kind of mental breakdown and uh, actually, I think, underwent shock therapy, electroshock therapy or something like that, and uh, has very little memory of the person that he was prior to that treatment. And so he oh, actually refers to that person by a different name. He calls that person Phaedrus. Uh, so there's sort of him before and him after. And so that's part of the story as well. There you go. But he passed away so, Monday. So, um, yeah, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. He's <clears throat> eight, Chautauqua, years was, old. Chautauqua was an uh, adult education movement in the U.S., highly popular in the late 19th and 20th centuries. Chautauqua assemblies expanded and spread through rural America until the mid 20s. The Chautauqua brought entertainment and culture for the whole community with speakers, teachers, musicians, entertainers, preachers, and specialists of the day. Former U.S. President Theodore Roosevelt was quoted as saying that Chautauqua is, quote, the most American thing in America. That's cool. 
pretty cool. Yeah, it's weird to live long enough to see people you uh, respect die. Yeah, it's kind of weird. It's a, it's a bummer. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, speaking of, of dying in, in uh, his son, Chris, who was um, the, the, you know, I guess represented by the son in the book also, uh, he was uh, killed in a mugging. What? Outside of uh, San Francisco Zen Center when he was 22 years old. Oh, that place is no good. You got to stay away from there. Shoes at the door, buddy. Woo! <gasps> what a mess. How, how, how long ago was this? Oh, a long time. This was 1979, it says. Oh, gosh. Oh, my gosh. Oh, I hate hearing things like that. Oh, we got to end on a happier note. Well, the happier note would be that he and his second wife, Wendy, uh, decided not to abort the child that she had conceived in 1980 because oh, he dear. believed that the unborn child who became their daughter, Nell, was a continuation uh-huh. of the life pattern oh, boy. that okay. Chris had occupied. Oh, boy. Okay. Um, we got topicals. Therapeutic healing cream. <laughs> <clears throat> There's something called Dude Balm. Oh, they sell flowers. That's nice. So you can get like, is that for like a Mother's Day type situation? Uh, flowers. Oh, uh, no, that's marijuana too. Uh, <clears throat> they got ACDC. It's almost hard uh, not to buy marijuana in San Francisco from the sound of it. It's looking that way. They got Barry White. With the, well, that's a pun. Like they what if you blue- didn't want to, but like, is it even possible to not buy it? I think it's probably considered somewhat counter-revolutionary. Blue Jay Way, Blue Moon Haze. Look at that. Can, can, I cantaloupe, f- for cantaloupe a, a long time, I was, I was envious of... Uh, you know what you guys could do there in San Francisco. Now yeah, I kind of too. feel bad. Me too, buddy. Critical mass diamond OG Durban cookies, indoor top shelf HS gelato. Number 41. You think HS is high, high strength. Oh, uh, I thought it was high school gelato. Mm. Number 41. That sounds like a John Lennon song. <clears throat> Jesus. OG sun grown S. Well, <clears throat> that's another, uh, another instant classic in the can. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. I'm gonna go out and buy some of your uh, marijuana oil. I'm gonna try well, it out. It's can it's 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 cannaboid. Mm. Cannaboid you. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> I'm sleeping up. No, and I've talked too much on podcasts. No, I'm serious. I'm gonna go to this place, and if I can't find it there, I'll, I might call SF Green Delivery and ask them to bring it to me. Okay, and I might get some some nugs. Just get the right kind. Well, I mean, it's an oil, right? Yeah, it's an oil. But I, I'm not going to get the THC kind. No, I, see, Dan, I cannot have uh, much of that stuff at all. I haven't had any in years and years. And I especially can't have it edible. Oof. It's uh, I passed out twice from edible marijuana. Oh, my God. Yeah, I hit my head once. Really? Oh, God, yes. Yeah, no, I had like a quarter of a brownie. I woke up, woke up on the bathroom floor with my wife screaming. Not oh. again. Oh, my God. Oh, no, I'm terrified of marijuana. Well, this is not yeah. marijuana. This is hemp-derived CBD oil. I know. CBR. This is cannaboy. Cannaboy. Yeah. Cannaboy. <laughs> Cannaboy. That was my Nell impersonation. Good. Thank you. Yeah, vape and accessories. You get an absolute, ex- absolute extracts, blue dream cartridge. Hmm. You ever think you make, want to make your own vape pen? No. I think it's kind of like the new model train. Making your own vape pen? Yes. We'll save it for another program. Yes. All right. Thank you, Dan. Uh, Let's button this up. I love you. Love you too, Merlin, man.